Verdugo back to the pen. He oh. caught it. He took it back. He's doing everything right now. Hello and welcome to another edition of the TC and Company podcast season winding down. And, uh, and I'm looking at the uh, the scoreboard there and they didn't put the win because everyone has the day off. <clears throat> the day after the season. 78 and 84. Had I done the math, I would have realized they play 162. Uh, nonetheless, last place it is. And uh, a disappointing season at that. Second time in three years this team finishes in last place. Wrapped around that scintillating run. Uh, two wins away from the World Series uh, last season, but that's all forgotten now as the Red Sox look to rebuild. A lot of names coming off the roster, a lot of money becoming available to rebuild the payroll. Uh, Hyam Bloom at the postseason press conference uh, calling the signing of Xander Bogarts the biggest priority of the offseason and saying the work on that will begin immediately. So that's interesting because <clears throat> technically, he does not become a free agent until he opts out of the contract. He can't do that until after the World Series. So they have a window here to try to get a deal in front of him that maybe will keep him from even entering free agency and not hearing what the other teams have to say. And wouldn't that send a message to Red Sox Nation that this team is ready to turn things around? A lot of other things going on here. Rafael Devers now entering the final year of his deal with the Red Sox. So <clears throat> if you think we were talking a lot about Xander Bogarts this year, imagine what we'll be doing next year if Raviel Devers goes into that season unsigned. So a lot of work for this team to do uh, just with those two guys, let alone trying to rebuild a pitching staff uh, that came up short here in uh, 2022. Most of the talk here in the days to come is going to be around High and Bloom, Sam Kennedy, what the front office needs to do and how they'll spend that money. But at the end of the day, the guy who has to take what they do and mold it into a winning product is Alex Cora, the manager of the Red Sox. And uh, despite what you may have heard, uh, the relationship between Cora and Bloom is strong and, as Cora puts it, continues to grow. So without further ado, uh, because it's the perfect way to enter the offseason, in my opinion, here is uh, Alex Cora, the manager of the Red Sox, the guest on this week's edition of the TC and Company podcast. All right, joining us, number one Mets fan in the country, Alex <laughs> You'd rather be uh, cheered for the Red Sox in the playoffs, yeah. I know, but uh, this is nice that you do get to sort of return the favor that, that Joey has, has done with you. Yeah, um, he was here in 18 as a fan. Now talks about lineup construction in, at the house, just being a brother, being an uncle, and, and enjoy the whole thing. And uh, I think going to City Field will be fun. Uh, he already gave me a heads up. To the PR people, there's no interviews, there's no nothing. <laughs> He's gonna grab a hot dog, have a beer, and enjoy the game. You know, it's uh, anytime you don't make a playoffs, it's uh, it's it's not as stunning as losing in the playoffs, right? The, the, the playoffs, you're all in, and then it's over. You've had time to look forward to that. I don't know if "look forward" is the right word, but you've had time to get ready for this. Uh, does it make it any easier that today it's over? No, no, actually, not ready for this. To be honest with you, uh, regardless of the record and knowing knowing that. We were gonna go home early. Um, it's it's one of those that in the clubhouse. I hate the whole signing stuff. I hate it, you know, like because it's just telling you we're gone. Uh, I like it when there's that smell of champagne in the clubhouse and you have to do all that stuff. But uh, you know, disappointed that we we gotta go home. But at the same time, kind of like taking advantage of the time, right? Uh, we get a we get a month to to 
to go over the plan and, and, and map it out. And then as soon as uh, the last out of the World Series is, uh, is, is caught, then you go to work. You know, I, I asked you this yesterday or the day before, <clears throat> kind of a feeling of a core group that accomplished something special getting broken up here. And, and you know, that can happen even after good year. I remember in 04, right? 04, they win it all. That's the 86 years, all that. But Pedro's leaving and Derek Lowe's leaving and guys are going off. That happens. <clears throat> but after a last play season, it's that much more disappointing. What was that like after the game yesterday to talk to J.D. and Xander and, and – Nate, guys who won't be here, guys who might not be here next year. No, it was uh, it was a it was a tough night, but a good one, right? Uh, we always try to make the best out of it. Uh, just JD signing a lot of bats, first thing he's done, first time he's done it in five years, to be honest with you. Uh, seeing Xander packing up his stuff is is tough to watch, but uh, with the hope that you know not everybody's gone next year, but that group, right? If you if you talk about JD, Xander, and Nate, right? Um, they did an amazing job. You go over, you know, all the great things they did in 18. Um, I always talk about that swing by JD against uh, Jay Happ, right, in, in game one of the ALDS. It was a line drive over, you know, the monster on a 2-0 pitch, and that set the tempo for the, for the playoffs. Um, Nate coming out of the bullpen a few times and then starting a few games and then doing the things that he did in, in the World Series. That was amazing. And then Xander just being solid uh, throughout, right? Uh, the Grand Slam right before the All-Star game um, in, in 18. Uh, the monster season in 19, uh, hitting homers and doing the things that he did. Uh, just watching him struggling 20 on TV that, that you know, obviously I was suspended for, for what I did in 17, but just watching these guys go through that struggle on TV, that, that really caught my attention. And then last year, that home run against Cole, you know, that was, I mean, this place was electric. And uh, when he hit that ball and just see him rounding first and screaming at the dugout and let's go, you know, that was, that was those are the things that, I'm going to take, and um, hopefully we can repeat a few of those things in the future. Was this his best year with you? Uh, this one? Yeah. Um, I think on the field, on the field, on the field, defensively his best season. And he put work in the offseason. Uh, we talked to him a little bit in, in mid-November, and uh, he, he did the things that we asked him to do as far as, like, the first step and his base and all of that. Offensively, Believe it or not, it was a good one, but it wasn't the best one for him. If you ask him, he'll tell you not even close. Yeah. You know, it was a grind. Yeah. Uh, he was banged up. He, you know, obviously, I don't know. They, they were talking about the distractions. I hope I get distracted, you know, to hit 303 or 305 with an 850 OPS. You know, like, I think people are making a, a bigger deal than what it is, you know, like, no, he might say it, say it, but on the field, it didn't look that way. In the club, it didn't look that way. But uh, I think offensively, 19 was his best one. But I also feel like, and I talked to him about this a couple of days ago, I, I feel like sort of midway through the season, he figured out how to put that behind him. If it was a distraction, by early August, maybe after the trade deadline, he kind of, you know, that's when he went on the tear, right? But he said that's when he stopped sort of thinking about the stuff that could have been a distraction. Yeah, I do believe it was more about the trading deadline than anything else. I think money-wise, like I've been saying all along, he has 60 million reasons that he can actually stay here if he wants to, but we understand the business side of it, right? And uh, But we'll see what happens this month, right? Heim was very 
vocal about it. So uh, I just believe, you know, that, that the losing part of it, that was the distraction. You know, like we hate losing. We don't like it. And it took a lot from these guys to keep grinding, try to catch up to 500, and he wasn't there. And then you see glimpses of us playing good baseball. We go to Houston, we win two out of three, mm -hmm. and we're feeling good. And then we go to Kansas City, we lose three out of four. That was a series. Yeah. To me, that was the series. It was uh, you carry Houston into Kansas City, you come home after a good road trip, things might have gone completely. Yeah, and if you look at the series, it was a bad inning in the first game, right? They scored seven in the right. seventh. Then we win the next game, and then the walk off against uh, Garrett, right? So, that's 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 the thing, you know. Like you look 77 and 84, and yeah, it's a bad record. Well, you look at Toronto. That was what 16 games they beat us. Mm -hmm. So that that's the difference right there. And then you start looking at certain games that we didn't finish, and that's the reason we finished last. And we're talking about the season right now. What was your message? To, uh, you know, I'm not going to ask you exactly what you said to Xander, but but sort of what was the, the, the tone of your message? See you next year, pat on the butt? I mean, how do you Yeah, how we do got plans, actually. We got plans. Uh, he's flying to Puerto Rico in December. So uh, I'm, I'm not closing the book. I'm not. And, uh, you know, obviously I asked him for an autograph that. And uh, I told him in English, Spanish, Dutch, or Papia Vento, I really don't care. But you have to, it's not only sign it, I need a message, a so message. Uh, yeah. What was the message? You can tell us. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm oh, waiting. Yeah, I'm yeah, still right. waiting for the bat. Right, <laughs> uh, when you uh, when you when you look at Devers now, he's on the clock, right? And I said last night at the postgame show, I said, "You think we were talking about Bogarts all year? If we hit spring training and that ends without a deal, wait till you hear the Devers talk next year. How how, you know? And I, I know this is now Hyams' department, but how much better would your life be? If they could lock up Devers before the start of the he, season, he, his impact on the field is is obvious. Um, the cool thing about it, right? He said that this wasn't a great season for him, and you saw the things that he did. August, he was dragging, and then you know he went on the IL right after the All Star game, and uh, he he wasn't able to bounce back right away, and he struggled, and uh, he took that personal. You saw September how he went. You know, him hitting second in this lineup means a lot. You know, he's a game changer. And uh, life will be a lot easier uh, with, the, with the Rafi here as long as I want to manage. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, hopefully that's for how long is that? You want to tell us? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I like it. I love it here. I, I think uh, for everything that goes on and how tough it is, right? Like, I mean, you sit there in that press conference today and, and the questions and all that. It's not an easy market, but uh, I think um, we enjoy it as a family. Uh, the kids are growing and, uh, you know, obviously – we have to make decisions in that in that aspect, you know. I think uh, school should be here, you know, instead of back home. Uh, and having them around, it, it means a lot. And this city is good for them too. And um, they're gonna decide at the end how long we're gonna do this uh, as a family, as a group. And uh, but I enjoy every every minute of it. Have you done one of those charts to figure out what college is gonna cost in 14 years? Um, I'm doing the the the, the kindergarten one was a, a, an expensive one. I can't even imagine. You know, when they go to college. <laughs> uh, well, you and Haim, I think mid-season there was a lot of talk that, oh, boy, I don't know, they're looking at things different ways. Uh, take us into that room a little bit. What's the relationship like? I mean, it's growing, and it's a good one. Uh, one of the things that, you know, when we interview, when he interviewed me in Puerto Rico that day, uh, one of the things I told him, I say, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. You know, if, if it's me, I'm going to help you. Uh, and I hope he feels that way, right? Uh, like, this is... Uh, a special place, but it's also a tough place. One of the things I, I, I realized about here, and I knew it 
when I play, but I see it more and more and more. Like everybody knows everything here, you know. Like they not 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 in a bad way. I'm saying like, if if you say something, the whole city is gonna know about it. You know, either the radio, TV, uh, Twitter, uh, all the social platforms. So you have to cancel the noise. And I think um, you know we're doing a better job with that. Uh, we understand how passionate people are here, how you guys do your job, because that's the reason everybody knows everything, because you guys are relentless. You know, you guys have to do a job. You guys understand what it takes, and you guys want to be better, right? And that's the reason uh, this city is so great sports uh, in the sports world. But with him, you know, um, I, I, I feel like we have a good relationship. Obviously, you know, it's a different one than with Dave, but I bet, you know, Dave has a different one with thompson right now right so uh we, we're growing we know where we at you know 70 77 and 84 is not acceptable and we got to get better and we have to work hard this offseason to get this right because of that record and and because there's so much money coming off the books no matter how you slice it do you think you'll have more of a voice in roster construction because this could go so many different ways? Maybe just because they'll be bouncing more things off you, but do you think you'll be that much more involved because there's more to do? Um, I think I've been involved, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I remember, you know, with, with Kike, you know, I was very involved with that one in, in, in the fall of 2020. And um, last year it was the same thing, and this year, I do believe in a sense that there's a lot of stuff, I agree with you, that we have to work with and, uh, you know, we have to be very careful too how we spend the money or how we go about, you know, the, the, the roster construction and he's giving him a green light to be very open about it and what we need to do as a team. I think he respects my opinion, obviously, but at the end it's still a business, right? And that part, the money part of it, it's up, up there, yeah. They can, you, well, they can send some over here and you, you, all right? Uh, yeah, you're all right. You'll be good. But yeah, that college is going to be expensive. So, <laughs> uh, you know, when you look at the pitching, I forget the exact number, but when you got six innings from your starter, you were 10, 12, 14 games over 500. <clears throat> so, so do the math, right? You're, you're 20 under when you didn't get that. You need, you need a rotation. And we had the graphic up yesterday, and I'm reading it off. We've got the four starters up there, free agent, free agent, free agent, and Pavetta. Yeah. Uh, and Sale, and who, you know, you hope he's coming back, right? Yeah. But but, there, but but you need to rebuild that rotation. Is that – I mean, let's say Bogarts is priority number one. Is that priority number two as far as where you need to be next year? You know what? Uh, that's a great question, and I was talking to somebody five days ago, and uh, if, if he – if you're playing somewhere else on a small market team and you tell you know the fan base and the media we got Whitlock, we got Tanner, we got Bayo, we got Crawford and Pivetta. People will be like, "Yeah, that's really good, right? That like they're very talented. They can they can actually there's potential there." But we're in Boston and that conversation if if it happens, you know, I don't know how people are going to react to it, but I I do believe we're in a better position because of the struggles this year. We know these kids; they can come up and they can they can help us win ball games. Uh, pitching at the end of the day, pitching is what drives this game. Uh, somebody talk about the long ball. There's a reason the home run is so important because it's hard to get four or five hits in a row to score three or four runs, right? You have to hit the ball at a ballpark, but it's because of the people on that mound. And uh, you look at the teams around that made it to the playoffs: um, Cleveland. They made it because they pitch, and they're always in it because they pitch. Seattle, 
they've been pitching the last two years, you see the difference. New York, for all the talk about Judge and their offense, it's about pitching there. So we got to get better. Uh, I, I do believe when you look at the numbers, uh, we were second in batting average, third in on-base percentage, third in run score. But that's not enough. You have to prevent runs, and uh, I think it starts on the mound. And, and the power was surprising this year, right? The lack of home run power. Can you, can you survive as a doubles team, or do you think you need to add a little pop, uh, whether internally or from guys? I mean, you have Casas maybe for a whole year. We've seen what that does. Uh, but do you think you need a little more home run pop next year? I think coming into the season, right, uh, obviously we made a decision bringing Jackie to play defense and uh, not having Kike hurt us. You know, that's probably 15 homers. Trevor not playing the whole season. That's probably 10 more home runs. Xander didn't, didn't hit for power. Rafi did his thing, JD didn't hit for power. So it was surprisingly that it was a surprise that we didn't hit homers, but I do believe you, you need power at some point. Uh, perfect example, the game against Toronto last week. We get three or four hits, we walk twice and we score two. First pitch of the bottom of the third or fourth to Oscar goes deep, it's 2-1. After we grind through two, for two runs, one swing is two to one. So yeah, I think it's gonna be important and uh, yeah, doubles are cool. This is a, a ballpark that I think we've been leading uh, the league in doubles for the last, what, five, six, seven right. years. But hitting the ball at the ballpark is very important. Kike coming back, I, I know he can play everywhere. Oh, my God. And I know you've said that. I mean, he's, we saw the play at shortstop <laughs> the other day again. And we've seen him at second base. Said, but when you close your eyes, and I know other factors will lead to where he plays, but in an ideal world, is he your center fielder or is he an infielder? He's our center fielder. That's the way I see it. Um, you know, it just you you see the jumps, you see the arm, uh, the baseball IQ. Um, he he's really good at what he does. And uh, this two weeks gave us a reminder of how great of a defender he is. At the plate, he was a lot better this last month. Uh, he was playing hurt. Let's put it that way. He was playing hurt, and you know, <laughs> he was leading the league in pop-ups in the infield the first two months of the season. You know, he wasn't able to actually stay through base through through the baseball. And now, at the end, he was hitting line drives. He was dominating the strikes on in the batter's box. But going back to the question, you know, he's one of the best center fielders in the big leagues, and hopefully, he can have a lot of reps out there. Story at second base, if all goes well. Yeah, if everything goes well, story at second base. Uh, how important? I want to get a rule change in a sec, but how important is it going to be? You said it early on when when Story was healthy and the two of them, the chemistry was like instant. <clears throat> you were as good up the middle at that point as anybody in baseball. Uh, yeah, and um, he he he's quick and he's fast. You know, most of the good defenders are quick with the first step, but he, I mean, it's it's fun to watch and. Uh, you know, going to his right, going to his left, making plays in the shift. Uh, he was amazing. We turned a lot of double plays early on. I think it helped the other two kids, you know, on the other side to be locked in uh, defensively. Uh, one of the things I told Trevor when he signed, I was going to play second. I say, hey, you're going to you're going to you're going to hear some conversations on the other side that doesn't have to do with the game. It might be dominoes or music, whatever. So. Be ready for that. He's like, okay. And halfway through the season, I say, how's it going over there? It's like, it's crazy. I don't know how they do it, but it's crazy. But uh, he helped him to be better defensively, and they help him to be better offensively. So it's, uh, it's a good trio to have, and hopefully it happens. And we, I think we haven't really – fans don't realize what he's going to do in a healthy season. Uh, I think uh, it, not only the, the defensive part of it, right, it's just – 
hitting the ball out of the ballpark, Here, running the bases, especially. running the bases, yeah. running the bases. Right. You know, it was a game changer, right? He was, uh, what, 15 out of 15 installing base attempts, uh, pulling the ball for power here. Uh, I, I do believe the last month that he played, he started driving the ball to right field, so that's going to help him. And he's in a good place right now going to the offseason as far as his hitting mechanics. And, um, you know, we expect him to dominate next year. Those rule changes, you've managed your last game with a shift. True. You've managed your last uh, <clears throat> four hours. Well, probably not your last four hours. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hopefully not as many of them, though. Uh, the shift specifically. How much of this offseason are you going to have to spend sort of thinking about the ways that might manifest? Because things like this, right, it always goes in ways you didn't expect. Right? Yeah. The game's going to change. The game is going to change. Um, you know, we've been talking about this for, for a month. And uh, one of the things I told Dave Miller, you know, our, who's leading our charge in the information department on a daily basis, um, Ramon has a team, you know, he's going to manage a team in, in winter ball. You know, and if we can get information, and use Ramon's team, although we, we're trying to win down there, but to kind of like help us as far as like, if we help go to extremes in, in actually defensively, which I mean is like the shortstop in the hole, the second baseman in the other hole, you know, give them up the middle, you know, and see what happens. Uh, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. Uh, the cool thing here with us is our, our power hitting third baseman, he goes, he's traceable all over the place. He's not just a Deadpool hitter. Um, I think Verdugo might benefit a little bit because there's a lot of ground balls in the hole that they, they make plays on him. But uh, it'll be interesting, but there's a lot of work already done about that subject. There's a lot of stuff that we have to figure out as far as the running game. Um, actually, we're gonna have a meeting with all our minor league managers to see how it, how it went this season, uh, what they felt it was different or not, and uh, we'll go from there. You can't put an infielder in the outfield. Have you already thought about bringing an outfielder to the infield? Did you have five? Well, especially here, right? especially here. You know, like last year we were playing extremely uh, in the gap with the left fielder. This yeah. year we play more straight up, but you never know. They might be. Well, because you're talking about leaving the middle open, yeah. So you can have someone. Or, or we can play. You know, play the right fielder closer to the first baseman, and then put the center fielder in the triangle. I mean, this is a ballpark that is inducive to that. Right, right. It'll be and cool. You, you mentioned running again, and then we'll get we'll get you out of here soon. Uh, but the the running game is something you've talked about wanting to improve now for a little while. It's you're going to need to now. I mean, it's going to be a bigger part of the game. Yeah, and uh, the conversations with some players uh, started, you know, and uh, one of them is Alex. You know, Verdugo. It's just like he he hit 280. You know, his own base was okay this year, but. When, when you're at first, you know, we have to score from first. You have to steal second uh, probably 15 times. We're not talking about 30 stolen bases, whatever, but, you know, like he has the potential to steal 15 bases. And uh, obviously we got Trevor, uh, Rafi will, you know, he can steal five or six, you know, that's, that's a lot, you know. So being more athletic, being playing faster, that, uh, that's, that's something that uh, – we didn't do, do a great job this year, and that's something we're going to push forward next year. Well, you missed the speed of Vasquez. We know that. Yeah, and, and he's base running decisions, too. That's true. No, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, was, yeah. All right. So last thing I want to ask you, more or less, is the leadership, right? I felt that, that Schwarber came here last year and really sort of took that. You know, you had leaders here, but he kind of galvanized that group. I think Renfro was kind of an a, a, a quiet underrated yep. quiet leader. Mm -hmm. Bogey's obviously a leader. You've got leadership here, but you know, Vasquez is gone. JD's probably gone. 
you know, some of these guys are gone. Sale hasn't been around. He's got to sort of become that guy again. Does that have to factor in to the guys you bring in this offseason, that part of it? Or, you know, the best player is the best player. We'll figure out the, the, the leadership later. Um, I think we got one coming. I mean, yesterday after the game, Kike did an amazing job. You know, like he addressed the team. Rich Hill did the same thing. But uh, for him to take that step, it means a lot. And uh, I've been talking to him a little bit. You know, we made a commitment. It was a two-year commitment. We extended you. And you've been in situations, you know, you've been in the World Series, in the playoffs six years in a row, whatever it was, you know. And he hates this, you know. This is the first time in a while that uh, he has to go home early. And uh, yesterday, him talking to the team, addressing what we need to do in the offseason as individuals and as a team, it, it's, it's, it was huge. It was big for me to see him doing that. Our third baseman is going to become that guy. I, I, I do believe just talking to him towards the end, uh, the, the things that he didn't like or the things that we didn't do well and the things that we did well, uh, just him talking to me about it, I think he's about to do that. He understands that he might be the guy. You know, uh, Hopefully that's not the case, but you know, if we make him a commitment and, and we, we, we get something done, it's not only just to hit 30 and drive in 100, it comes with territory that you you have to be uh, that guy in the clubhouse, and he's becoming he's becoming that. His best years ahead of him. I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. I think uh, if he starts dominating the strikes on the way he did towards the end, take your walks. Uh, you know, that on base percentage is going to be up. He's going to be driving pitches all over the place. Uh, he didn't like the fact that he didn't hit for. Uh, for average with men in scoring position, especially in the division. So uh, that's something that is going to push him to be better and um, looking forward to managing him next year. All right. <clears throat> I was going to give you an emotional goodbye, but we used it all up with Eck yesterday. No, we're good. We're life. good. I mean, a lot of good, man. We missed Nate, man. That one. But he threw a complete hand. <laughs> <laughs> complete hand That's great stuff. Uh, Alex, we appreciate the time. If you if you see a car flying down 95 with Timmy Trumpet playing out of it, it might be the manager of the Boston Red Sox <laughs> going down to see the Mets. Uh, good luck, Mets. Uh, thanks for everything. We've appreciated the season. No, thank you, man. And, um, you know, like I posted yesterday on Instagram, we will be better. Awesome. Alex Carr, manager of the Red Sox this week on the TC and Company podcast. Thanks for checking it out.